Stone. I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world. So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way. This week we're looking back over a thousand years of action-packed history at Warwick Castle in the heart of Middle England. This medieval fortress, complete with battlements and dungeons, is situated in Shakespeare country, barely a ten-mile drive from Stratford-upon-Avon. If you're going to do Stratford, particularly as a family, it makes a lot of sense to combine this with a visit to Warwick Castle. Over the past millennium, the castle has slowly evolved into the entertainment centre that it is today with genuine historical overtones that make a visit here both fun and educational for children of all ages in quite stunningly beautiful surroundings. Since it was first built, the castle has had 36 individual owners. At least three of them died in battle, two were executed and one was murdered. Interestingly, the original earldom allowed the right of inheritance through the female line. So, over the centuries, there have been three female owners, one of them a girl aged just two when she inherited it. The present owner is unlikely to die in battle or indeed be executed. He's British commercial property investor Nick Leslow, who lays claim to it through his Presbury group that also owns Madame Tussauds along with theme parks Alton Towers and Thorpe Park. All four attractions are run by Merlin Entertainments. At the castle's Great Hall, bedecked with suits of armour and life-sized waxworks of former inhabitants and visitors, we met up with tour guide Charlotte. Charlotte, tell us about Warwick Castle and how it all began. So the castle itself is actually over 900 years old. 953 this year. Uh, was built by William the Conqueror two years after his win at the Battle of Hastings in the year 1068. He created a lot of castles up and down the country uh, that were known as Norman, Mott and Bailey castles. So what that means is you have a mound in one area and then around the outside a ditch and a bailey area which is a big courtyard. Most of this is still surviving today however the walls have changed from being wooden walls as they were at the time to stone. So the castle has uh, almost always been owned by an Earl of Warwick or a noble family. It was originally given to a man named Henry de Newburgh by William the Conqueror and what he did was he lived here with his family until he ran out of children. It passed on to uh, so a series of cousins, uh, a, a man named William Mordwy and then on to a family known as the de Beecham family. Uh, from there it's passed into the hands of a man named Richard Neville who was very powerful uh, during the Wars of the Roses, very influential figure in our history and the history of the entire country uh, and from Richard Neville into the hands of Richard III. The Tudors owned it for a while but didn't live here basically did nothing with it and then into the hands of the Greville family where it stayed right up until the year 1978 where it was sold by the family to Madame Tussauds. Uh, hence the, uh, we see quite a lot of wax figures around. Yes, uh, Madame Tussauds certainly have put their stamp on the place. Uh, a lot of the rooms here in the castle do have Madame Tussauds original waxworks, uh, recreating scenes from the castle's history from, right from the medieval period up until the Victorian era. So are those figures mainly in the Great Hall or around the Great Hall? Uh, yes, so a lot of those figures can be found in our Great Hall and state rooms in the Royal Weekend Party and the attraction known as the Kingmaker exhibit, uh, which is downstairs underneath the Great Hall. And other dungeons and nasty torture chambers and all the horrible things that go with medieval castles? Yes, so we actually do have an original dungeon or jail cell here at the castle. It exists under the tower known as Caesar's Tower, which was originally a tower that was in fact entirely dedicated to supporting prisoners and holding them here. Not an awful place to spend your time, not massively torturous, uh, unless you are in the jail itself. Well, that's, so that all sounds pretty exciting. Let's go and take a look.
No good medieval dungeon is worthy of the name without an adjoining torture chamber, complete with red-hot irons, thumbscrews and a rack, and Warwick Castle certainly is suitably furnished in this respect. Modern-day visitor trips to the dungeon here are at your own peril and cost extra, with actors on hand to embellish the experience. It's scary enough that if you're under 18, you need to be accompanied by an adult. We met up with a couple of the dungeon's sinister staff when they came up for air. I have to say that their bloodstained face mask gave them an extra evil appearance. The jester, for a start, seemed to be pretty short on jokes. So you're the castle jester? I am indeed, yes. Tell us what you do. Basically, it's my job to frighten anyone that comes within this vicinity, particularly small children and anyone with a nervous disposition. Tell me more. Well, you see, small children tend to be quite frightened by just looking at me, which I thoroughly enjoy. Making them cry in particular is one of my special talents. Oh, and then you've got people that are nervous or try to be brave, and then as soon as they encounter me, they run screaming. Very nice, I like to think. And whereabouts in the castle do you live? I live within the dungeon, you see. It's nice and dark in there. I don't really like the sun. It doesn't do well for my complexion. Who else lives in the dungeon with you? Well, we have a monk in the dungeon. We have the judge. I wouldn't cross him if I were you. We have the almoner. And if you're very lucky, from time to time you might meet the witch. Very frightening. Her companion, the torturer, was an altogether more imposing figure with a grey-flecked beard and a thousand-yard stare. A man short on words and clearly big on action. So let's get this straight. You're the castle torturer. Yeah, that's right. And what does that involve? Torture. What sort of torture? All of it. Depends what kind of mood I'm in. And what's your favourite one today? Oh, it's not very family friendly. <laughs> but I have been uh, removing uh, pieces uh, of gentlemen. Oh, that's not very nice. They deserve it. And what sort of crimes have they committed in order to be guests of yours? I'm not interested in the crime, you see. It's my job to, uh... It's my job to listen. It's my job to find the truth. And here's my job to torture. Well, what, what other tortures do you use? Oh, you see, we, uh... We like to remove various parts. If they don't talk fast enough... Let's say they lose the ability to uh, articulate their words, shall we say. You remove their tongue? It has been known. Do you have a rack? We have been known to use a rack in the past, yes. Well, I, uh, I like to treat some of my talk to victims like uh, decorations. So sometimes we, uh, we hang them up. And we hang them up from wherever I see fit. Because my hook, my hook goes where it likes. And then having uh, completed the torture, you have a, an executioner down there, do you? There is an executioner, yeah. And he, uh, let's say, he will put a full stop to my sentences. Yuck, let's go back to Charlotte. And when did all the outdoor attractions first open? So actually, the castle has been a tourist attraction, a garden specifically, since 1815. The family themselves, the Greville family, opened it up as a tourist attraction. Um, the gardens were redone by Lancelot Capability Brown in the 1750s, and they have been open as a attraction, as I said, since the 1800s. The attractions we've got here, things like the Conqueror's Castle, which is our original mutt, uh, that opened as a walk in the... Uh, 
about three years ago now, in 2018. The towers and ramparts have been open for a very long time, uh, and things like our new birds of prey demonstration only started a couple of years ago. So tell us about the different attractions. I mean, is there jousting? We're hopeful that there shall be uh, jousting in the future. We have an excellent jousting team from Warwick. They are local. Uh, they perform a show for us called the Wars of the Roses Live, which essentially brings the Wars of the Roses into a means that can be understood by everybody. Yes, the theme of Warwick Castle today majors heavily on the Wars of the Roses, a particularly turbulent period of civil war in England that lasted for 32 years during the 15th century. It's so complex that it's confusing subsequent generations of British schoolchildren, not to mention their teachers, and all foreign visitors. So, quick history lesson. The Wars of the Roses was a series of struggles for the throne of England between two rival branches of the ruling Plantagenets, who preceded Henry VIII and the Tudors. In one corner lay the House of York, represented heraldically by a white rose. In the other corner was the House of Lancaster, with its emblem of a red rose. What happened next, we weren't going to hear, but of all the castle owners, the most famous was Richard Neville, the Earl of Warwick at the time. He switched sides, and because he was the most powerful political figure of the period, he was dubbed the Kingmaker. In April 1471, Richard Neville led the Lancastrian army against the Yorkists during the Battle of Barnet, just north of London. Richard was killed in the battle. Here we are on the eve of the battle. Well, you want to make sure there's no chinks in your armour. So we're in the armourer's quarters. Putting together a bit of chain mail. The figures are pretty amazing. You can see Madame Tussaud was very important here. I don't quite know what's going on here. Oh, the arrows. That's a sort of battle smell. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> it's pre-battle smell, I think. Yeah, no, not blood and guts, but sort of... Well, I, think it's a, I think it's the glue that they use to put the flights on the arrows. They're just people, figures, everywhere, just like in Madame Tussauds, but with a theme of battle. Charlotte, judging by the number of targets set up around the grounds, archery plays a pretty big role at Warwick Castle. Yes, we have a, a bowman here at the castle. He uh, stands around on the east front or sometimes down by the river, practices his shooting and loves talking to all of our guests about archery and the uses that had in the medieval era here at the castle. Can people get involved in the archery, for example? Can they have a go? Yes, we do offer uh, a very good uh, have-a-go services here where we have a set of target setups that people can come and try them out for a small fee. Both adults and children can have a go at the archery and learn exactly what it was like. So here we are in the grounds of Warwick Castle. Please, what do you think of it? I think it's great for a family day out. There's so much to do for all ages, especially if you're interested in history. So you can see things, all these lovely, really, really good models in sort of room sets and outside. So ranging from the Wars of the Roses, that period, with amazing costumes, to 19th and 20th century the room sets are fantastic. So normally you might go to a museum like the V&A, for example, and see fabulous room set, but no one in it. So you can't quite imagine the people in it at the time. But here you've actually got the figures, the waxworks, sitting in the chairs and sitting at the dining room tables and things like that. There is a sort of um, slight theme park atmosphere there, isn't there? Yeah, they could do without all the music in the background. It's quite noisy. Wherever you go, there's a different type of music. 
There's lots of outdoor area. You can take a picnic or you can buy food. And you can stay here. Oh, yes. That's what sounds really good. You can stay here either in, um, you can either go glamping in a tent with a four-poster bed or you can stay in one of the turrets as well. Yeah which is quite luxurious. So that sounds really good fun. The place with the glamping is called the Knight's Village. You can stay there. Staying inside the castle is you stay in the Tower Suite. The Knight's Village is by the river. What are the normal opening times for the castle on weekdays and weekends? Uh, so the castle's open 364 days a year. That's every day except Christmas Day. Uh, usually we're open from either 10 till 4 or 10 till 5, depending upon the season um, and the uh, amount of people we've got coming through the door. Uh, find out more, you go to our website and it will have all the original opening times on there. What's your website address? Uh, it is warwick-castle.co.uk. Could you spell Warwick? W-A-R-W-I-C-K. Um, Charlie, thank you very much indeed. So for me, I think the highlight of the day was the Falconer's Quest, the Birds of Prey show. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. What did you think? I loved it. It was also my favourite thing. Um, There were so many birds, I couldn't believe it. By the end, there were about 30 birds all flying at once, which was incredible. Right. up When I say close to the audience, within six inches of the audience, how they trained them to do that, I have no idea. They told us before it started that you must remain seated, and I can see why, because their beaks came very close to you, otherwise I would be frightened of being pecked or something. And the whole setting was glorious, right on the on the riverbank in a sort of historic setting, wasn't it, with beautiful, beautiful trees and ducks, rather living rather dangerously, I thought, with those birds of prey around. And geese flying around as well. And the real highlight of the whole show was a, a, a South American condor. It was one of the largest birds I've ever seen. It has a 10-foot wingspan. They are huge. It's like, they're like flying Labradors. I mean, they're absolutely <laughs> enormous, heavy, really, really impressive. It's worth going to Warwick Castle just to see the show, actually, which is, I gather, one of the largest Birds of Prey shows in the whole of the British Isles. We've seen lots of shows. We've seen snake shows in Australia, and I've seen sort of Birds of Prey shows with just one or two birds, but this was fantastic. And the, the bald eagle, the American bald eagle, was uh, absolutely amazing up close. So big, so big in the sky. Now, all in all... A great day out. Yeah, I agree. It was a really good day out. and would be fantastic for families with children of all ages. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails too, at peter at actionpacktravel.com. Until next week, stay safe. And I am you, and you are me. It's just a crazy storm.